time of year for our country. Anybody know what's coming up? Fourth of July, right? Yeah, Fourth of July. Independence Day. Uh, when we think of that, we think of freedom. We think of uh, Carissa thinks of her birthday. Fireworks. Oh, fireworks. Yeah, we think of that. Um, I was actually thinking of a poem to write last night, watching the fireworks. But that's a whole other thing. Uh, I do that sometimes. But I want to talk about how we find true freedom. Um, sometimes it's a little hard. Can't be given to us by government. They're not going to give it to us. Uh, 1776, our forefathers fought for it against the government. Uh, and they, the government they set up was one that answered to the people, and we've gotten far, far away from that. But God gives us some direction because he reminds us of uh, where we are first and what we have in our hearts as human. We realize we're looking for something. We're looking for peace. We're looking for uh, rest. We're looking for freedom, but a different kind of freedom. We're looking for a spiritual freedom. A freedom that takes us away from the bondage of sin. You see, whether you realize it or not, when you're walking through this world and you're living this life, if you're without Christ, you're a slave to sin. You're a slave to your own desires and your own temptations. You're a slave to what the world has to offer and everything that the world's giving us. Um, we become more and more dependent on what really are meaningless things, our phones, technology, computers, internet, uh, trusting more and more in government entities or stuff like that instead of just living the way God designed us to live. And when you read Psalm 42, we see some of that longing. In fact, that's exactly how it starts off. I want to cover the first four verses. It says... In verse 1, as a deer longs for flowing streams, so I long for you, God. You think about that verse, and think about a deer wandering the woods looking for a water source. That's how we should long for God. That's how we should be looking for God. It says, I thirst for God, the living God. When can I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while all day long people say to me, Where is your God? I remember this as I pour out my heart, how I walked with many, leading the festive procession to the house of God with joyful and thankful shouts. The psalmist here is remembering a time of walking with others who are looking for God. There's joy in that occasion. There's joy in knowing that you're walking with others who are looking for God. There's joy in looking for God. Because you know in God you're going to find freedom from sin. You're going to find freedom from oppression. You're going to find freedom from depression. You're going to find freedom from heartache, from prosperity, uh, from, uh, not prosperity, well, probably from prosperity too. Uh, but you're going to find freedom from everything. That's holding you back. Freedom from things you think are lifting you up. Because you're going to realize all you need 
It's God. But that's what you're looking for. And this world's going to do everything it can to hold you down and beat you down. It's going to do everything it can to make you try and forget God. It's going to do everything it can to make you question God. I don't know how many times I've been stuck in a depressive state where things are on my mind, things aren't going the way I wanted them to go or the way I planned them to go. I start questioning, why is God doing this to me? I know I've said it before, when Addison was a baby, there was a moment when there was decisions that needed to be made, and they are really hard decisions. And I looked at my father, who I never thought to be a really religious man, and I said to him, why is God doing this to me? And he looked me straight in the face, and he said, God's doing it for you, son. He said, God's not doing this to you. He's doing this for you. And I didn't understand what he meant. But I learned later that he was telling me, God takes you through trials to make you stronger. To make you better. To make you more for him. And so when you're in those points in your life when it feels like the world's beating you down and you're questioning everything, God's with you. And you just may not know it. He's quiet because he's taking you through a test. Verse 5 through 8, the next four verses, there are five verses, four verses. It says, Why, my soul, are you dejected? Why are you in such turmoil? Put your hope in God, for I will still praise him, my Savior, my God. I am deeply depressed. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan and the peaks of Hermon from Mount Mazar. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your billows have swept over me. The Lord will send his faithful love by day. His song will be with me in the night. A prayer to the God of my life. See, that serves to remind us that God is with us. That we may face times of trouble. We may even get into a state of depression where we question life itself. He's asking his soul, why is it dejected? Why is his soul in turmoil? And then he states, put your hope in God, for I will still praise him. It reminds me of the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Where they're challenged to bow down to the king and serve him like a god. And they say no. And they will serve only one god. And even if they're put to death, they will still only serve that one god. Because he will carry them through. See, when you put your trust in God, your faith becomes strong. And you can have faith to know that even if you kill me, I'll still be praising God. Even if this decision ruins me, I'll still be praising God. Even if the trial I'm going through, I will still be praising God. No matter what happens, I will still praise God. I don't know how many times I've been at work and it seems like the day is going all wrong. But you know what? The work still gets done 
day still comes to an end. And when I go home, I'm reminded of why I'm there to begin with. And I praise God. The job got done. That's all we were there for. I can praise God. No matter what frustrations I face, no matter what trials I face, I can praise God. Because I know at the end of it, no matter what's going on, that's where my freedom is. When I put my trust in Christ, my freedom is in Him. My life is in His hands. In His hands alone. And as head of my household, I can put my wife and my children in His hands. And I know that when I come home, they'll be okay. Trust in God. We get to verse 9. It says, I will say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about in sorrow because of my enemy's oppression? How many times have we felt that way? How many times have we questioned God? I'll be honest with you, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Because it reminds us that he's there. We're willing to question him. We know he's there. But even in that questioning, we still have to put our hope in him. The psalmist continues to write, verse 10, says, my, adverse, my adversaries taunt me as if crushing my bones, while all day long they say to me, where is your God? Why, my soul, are you so dejected? Why are you in such turmoil? Put your hope in God, for I will still praise him, my Savior, my God. To even while questioning why God has forgotten him, the psalmist still remembers to put his hope in. Jesus was on the cross and cried out, My God, why have you forsaken me? If the Son of God can cry that in his darkest point, still rise from the dead. Don't feel bad when you cry out to God. Just trust that he's still there. And it's just something that we have to remember that without Christ, you're not going to know God. You may know about him. The greatest scholars in the world have read this book front to back every language imaginable. But if they didn't put their trust in Jesus Christ, they don't know God. It's one thing to know the book. It's another to know the author. I've read many, many books and never met the authors. This author I've met. This author's been there for me. This author's walked with me through some dark, dark times. Times when I didn't think I could get out on the other side. He's carried me through. See, real freedom is putting everything on the line and knowing that God will see you through. No matter what the outcome is in this world, God will see you through. He carries us every step of our life and every 
minute of our life. We just have to trust Him. So no matter what is going on in the world around you, no matter what's going on in the world overseas, no matter what's going on in the capital, no matter what's going on in your schools, no matter what's going on in your workplace, no matter what troubles you're facing at home, God is with you. Put your hope in Him. Put your trust in Him. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, thank you for the short, short message this morning. But thank you for your message. Thank you for always being present in our lives. Even at times when we didn't know you were there, when we were questioning if you were there, Lord, you proved yourself over and over. Give us strength to understand that it's during those times that you're testing us, that you're strengthening us, that you're building us, so that we can just trust that you are there, even though you seem quiet. Because it's in those quiet moments that you speak the loudest if we're willing to listen with our hearts. Lord, I ask that you bless each and every person who hears this message so that they can put their trust in you and know that true freedom comes through your Son, Jesus Christ. By accepting his gift of salvation and his blood in place of our own to cover our sins that are ultimately against you, you have offered forgiveness through your son, Lord, and we ask that you stay with that promise and give us the strength to cry out mercy and request that you forgive us. And then give us the sight to see that you already have. Lord, I ask these things in the blessed name of Jesus Christ and that you walk with us when we go from this building. 